Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origin of Mint Condition, a Joe's Comic Corner episode. Um, I am your guest host, Keith Tarnowski, and joining me is our guest and regular recurring host, Joe. Hey Keith, how are you good. doing? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Reading a lot of comic books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me, too. <laughs> me too. Comic books, articles, uh, a lot of a deep yep. research. <laughs> Um, yes. So today we'll be reviewing uh, what I is my favorite comic book story, and I would say the best Flash story in my opinion, uh, the story by M Mark Wade and Greg Lagrook, um, the Return of Barry Allen, which took place in issues seventy four to seventy nine of Flash Volume Two. Um, the story, give you a brief uh, synopsis of what it's about. Um, when he was young. When he was Kid Flash, Wally West looked upon Barry Allen, the Flash, as just about perfect. Hero, mentor, icon. The Flash even sacrificed himself to save the universe. Now, years later, Wally's the Flash, trying to live up to Barry's example. But And then Barry Allen returns from the dead. Mm. So the we're going to cover this story um, in sort of chapters or issues, so to speak. I thought I'd kind of... Uh, for the fun of it and uh, switch it up a little bit um, is pull one of my favorite quotes from each issue before uh, Joe and I dig into it. Um, so uh, my first quote is from the, the first issue, issue 74, and it starts on a very optimistic note. Uh, this is Wally narrating. Once upon a time, Barry Allen sacrificed himself to save the universe. In tribute, I took his name and identity, but not his courage. That was his alone. Now he's back. And whatever tomorrow may bring, one thing is certain. He's the greatest hero I've ever known, and I'm proud to follow in his footsteps. So, uh, first issue, I'm a 74 of this, Joe. Uh, thoughts? What do, you, uh, what do you think, looking back on this? You just threw a brand new thought into my head. Uh, courage, mm -hmm. right? As this story progresses, we're going to find that Wally has to find courage to do something to defeat I don't want to give it. Are we going to have? Are we going to? Should we wish you mentioned we got spoilers coming? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, so, I feel like I mean, it's a yeah. thirty-year-old story. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I feel personally feel like as you know uh, when you are reading it, especially back in the day, as the revelation is a definitely a, a gut punch. I don't think it takes anything away from the story. I think if anything, right. hopefully this um, episode will make people who didn't read it want to read it, and people who did read it want to reread it. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, that's a great quote because what happens, it, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, throughout the, the uh, as the story unfolds, is Wally has to dig deep, not only physically, but, you know, internally, emotionally, to overcome. And it takes courage. It takes, you know, it takes courage to f face foes on the open battlefield, but it takes courage to uh, admit your limitations. And Wally has serious limitations. Absolutely. That he has to overcome. So, yeah, that's a great opening and quote. And what's great about, you know, um, this story, I, I believe, stands alone as a, a great story. You can give it to anyone because it explains just enough mm -hmm. backstory. But, you know, if you were reading The Flash throughout Wally's run or, or even especially Barry's before that, this really hits you even more. Um, there's so much history between Wally and Barry and um, other characters <laughs> that, you know, pop up throughout it that it really is, it delivers on a different level. Um, and, you know, um, for people who don't know, the title is called The Return of Barry Allen, but this is a thousand percent a Wally West story. And 
uh, oh, yeah. coming into himself, not coming of age, but coming into being the hero that uh, everyone knew he could be story. Very much so. And I love that cover. I'm looking at the cover of issue 74 with, you know, um, all the too many, too many speedsters. And, and um, you know, there's, there's Barry in the middle, a few other Barry's, and there's a lot of Wally's around. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's and, great. I guess, you know, uh, Barry this one day, uh, 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 Wally and Linda, before they're married, obviously, are having spending mm-hmm. Christmas Eve with Jay Garrick and his wife, Joan. Um, something they hadn't done for a while because Joe uh, Jay was missing for a while until right before this. Um, right. And a knock comes on the door and the, uh, on Christmas Eve, a man in a red suit, well, not really wearing the red suit, but <laughs> uh, Barry <laughs> Allen is there knocking on, on Jay Garrick's door and everyone's shocked. And, um, you know, in the beginning, Wally's a little hesitant to believe that um, that this is indeed Barry, but Hal Jordan uses his power ring on Barry as a lie detector of sorts to make sure that he's telling the truth. Uh, Jay believes it. Everyone believes it. And, um, you know, it takes that first issue for Wally to really wrap his head around it and accept it. Um, and that's because he finds you know, Barry going to Iris's grave and has that, that moment mm-hmm. where he's, he's talking to Iris about, you know, how they got engaged and all this stuff. And it was just really heartwarming. And that's when Wally uh, believes him and, and, and just embraces him. And that's, basically where that quote that I just started the, the uh, chapter with comes from. Yeah. When you think about this, this is what uh, cover date, March, 1993, yeah. right? So it may have come out January. It might even come out in December of that year, depending on how you know the books are uh, released. But this is at the, well, it's at the inset, uh, inception of the, uh, of the internet. So really, unless you're at a comic convention that summer and pick up something there or reading the trade fanzines at the time, this is a shock, and this is all before the return of a lot of other characters. Where it's like you know now it's they, you know what said uh, last year DC killed off one of them twice, <laughs> two times. So I mean you see this story, and especially when you see them embrace at the end when when Barry is at as you said at uh, Iris's grave. You I yeah. I believed that this was Barry. I, I, was like, hey, I guess they're going to prove this is a Batman. thousand percent. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it was shocking because um, it, it was a time like you said where death in comics seemed more permanent. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. someone died in, you know, the issue and then came back, that, that doesn't count. That was more, you know, that just happens in a lot of different right. you know, you know, fantasy stories. But when a character was dead, dead, and for years especially, you just really, and especially in a case where there were instances where that you see the character in heaven, for God's sakes, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, like Barry was actually in, in heaven, in, the, in Kevin Smith's Green Arrow. <laughs> um, you know, they... Uh, you, you you believed it more back then. Um, now there's a revolving door on on heaven, so it's really kind of oh, yeah. um, not a thing. But this is great, and you know the artist. I mean, listen, Mark Wade is you know to me the best Flash writer, especially the best Wally Flash writer, and he nails his voice like no one else. But Greg Legroque, he was on the book since issue fifteen, and I always wow. liked him, but he he dialed it up in this arc. Yeah, and I didn't realize before I went back to read these. I thought that Jose Marzon was the inker, but it was Roy Richardson, and he's damn good too, man. Beautiful. Wow, gorgeous, gorgeous inks, beautiful, beautiful work, inks. and you know, also um, shows you because you know now in modern time we all know Barry has been back for a while in reality, and um, this shows a difference how you can have these very similar costumes 
if they're incorrectly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and people remember the coloring differences, it really is, it's not an issue really, you know, um, making, you know, you know, kind of separating the two. No, not at all. I mean, uh, we look at the Green Lantern Corps, right? There's, there's, there's variations between uh, Hal and, and John and Guy and, and Kyle. But when I was a boy reading Green Lantern back in the olden days in the 60s, and let, you know, the only difference between Hal and the other alien Green Lanterns was a, maybe a pair of antennas or right. four legs, but the, <laughs> but the costume was the same. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it comes off. It, it, they, they pulled it off. They can prove you can have two characters named the Flash and similar suits, but there's no trouble telling them apart. No whatsoever. Yeah. So, and, and we know we can tell them apart because not only because of the way they look. But Absolutely. I mean, you know. Um, you know, you understand why DC doesn't have two flash posts because, in a sense, they look very similar, but their personalities, uh, you know, they're they're very different. They're both uh, courageous heroes, and um, mm -hmm. you know, always do the right thing. But then they're they're night and day. Barry's more of like an introvert, and uh, you know, uh, very science minded, um, and they'll, they'll you know, uh, you know, kind of always been like a, a one woman man. And, and Wally had uh, mm. growing pains and. Uh, is more of a goofball, more self-deprecating, um, uh, and you know he really kind of. It took him a while, and listen, some of that could be because of the time. The heroes were more fully realized in the the fifties, uh, and when Wally took over the mantle, it was that whole um, uh, you know what, what deconstruction of the hero. So they kind of you know give him more like more layers to him. But um, thank God they never fell into it too much, where they made Wally all dark. Except for that terrible Tom King story. Well, uh, yeah, we yeah. didn't mention that. <laughs> don't give it. I wouldn't give it any oxygen. Yeah, don't don't go out and buy that, folks. Go out and buy the Return yeah. of Barry Allen. Um, yeah, great, great opening. Um, the optimistic feel at the end is great. Um, uh, it doesn't take too long though, and and the second chapter um, for things mm -hmm. to start, uh, you know, raising some eyebrows and 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 having some worry. So. Uh, yeah, I'd like to move on to issue 75 where things really get cooking. And my yes. quote for this issue is not nearly as optimistic as uh, the first one. <laughs> and this one, this quote is a uh, uh, Barry Allen yelling at a, uh, a criminal punk who thought he killed Wally and right. made a grand claim that he killed the Flash. And what Wally overhears Barry yell at the uh, at the at the uh, criminal isn't uh, anything about you know missing Wally or avenging Wally. He yells out, "I'm the Flash. Do you understand me, Punk? I'm the Flash." Yeah. I'm and Wally Flash. hears this, and uh, so we'll jump into that issue number seventy-five. Uh, Wally, um, that's the first you know crack in the armor of uh, you know what everyone would used to refer to Barry as the patron saint of the DC universe. What did you? Uh, you know, I know it's an old story, Joe, but like you can remember what you were thinking when you first read that. Were you still thinking it was Barry or maybe Barry was uh, somehow corrupted or what did you remember what your initial thoughts were? I thought that Barry was either somehow corrupted or the fact, you know, because he couldn't explain how he came back to when he materialized in an alleyway. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe Barry's return had affected his mind somehow, you know, and because uh, we that's a trope we've seen in comics for, for ages, yeah. right? Where you know, uh, Superman being exposed to red kryptonite, you know, they even did it on Lois and Clark where he becomes apathetic, right? <laughs> that was a hysterical episode, but he goes to a shrink, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I thought, I thought that okay, 
I still think it's Barry, but maybe Barry's got, you know, some of his, uh, you know, nuts scrambled, so to speak, in his head. So, okay. and, and listen, so I'm still, I'm still, I'm going for the right. Listen, so. it wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be out of the question, uh, given the time with, uh, you know, I know what happened after this, but the time of like the Emerald Twilights and, you know, making, you mm-hmm. know, giving heroes guns and making them grim. It, it wouldn't be out, you know, even now with what we talked about with Wally West, it wouldn't be out of the question for a publisher to do something crazy just to, to you know, to sell comics, you know, uh, break the bat, kill Superman. Um, although killing Superman was a really good story. Ultimately the whole, the whole mm-hmm. thing, but so yeah, in, you know, my head, Hal, you know, vouching for him um, and the things he, you know, knew and was saying, I I'm with you. I was, uh, you know, thought it was him, but was also kind of uh, hoping it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want Barry to be bad. No, I mean Barry, right? You know, like Wally, uh, we all love Barry. You know, he was uh, yeah. uh, God. I mean, I, I love Barry's uh, uh, first run of comics. Like we talked before, Carrie Bates, and um, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, an amazing run, and uh, you know, groundbreaking. The, the the criminals that were created, the rogues, the the rogues yeah, gallery, yeah, the stories, exactly. the art. I mean, um, the oh, mythology, bunch of stuff. Oh, very much so. And very much a mythology that was uh, tied into the DC universe proper, um, uh, tied into uh, the Green Lantern uh, uh, mythology because there was, you know, Barry and Howell are such great friends. You know, I grew up with Barry in the 60s. He was my flesh. But, um, you know, um, when he disappeared and I was, you know, ready to let him go. And here is, he died in 85? Uh, 86, technically, yeah. Okay, so here we are. What seven years later? It's ninety three, and Barry's back, or is he? Yeah. So okay, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. It was just uh, uh, so well done because you know you're kind of rooting for both of them. You know, for you know Barry to kind of snap out of whatever it is, and you know, kind of mm. you know, even though things get didn't get that bad yet, but your heart's breaking a little bit for Wally as well. You know. Oh yeah, well yeah, definitely yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, Wally, as you know, we've discussed this ad infinitum. Wally to us, Wally is the Flash, and I, I think anybody who's read DC Comics for an extended period of time uh, would would admit that too. That Wally is the Flash, you know, and and uh, I hope that in this coming DC universe, at some point, you know, uh, Wally is the Flash on this big screen. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I would love it, but I also get a little worried that uh, that uh, you know they would mess it up somehow and, and make Wally all dark yes. and, or something like that. So, like, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, I would be cautiously optimistic about it. The, yes. To get a little more on because Wally West, no matter what, is always a optimistic and, and fun hero. Um, even you know, even when he has his moments that are dark, which he has in this story. They don't last long mm-hmm. while he doesn't dwell in it. You know what I mean? Um, so no, bring no, some humor to it. One of my favorite parts of this, <laughs> of this issue is when Linda is talking to, you know, Wally about Barry being back and all that. They're, you know, Linda's cooking tacos and they're talking about it. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, Linda asks Wally, like, you know, what he's feeling because it seems like he's acting a little, you know, a little odd. He's like, oh, I'm not going to lie. I feel, uh, you know, like maybe I might be a little redundant, you know, being the, uh, the yeah. third flash and you know in, in keystone central city um and uh, linda and him kind of joke where linda jokes around about him maybe taking a new code name 
and she starts throwing out all these all these names. And some of them are funny because he picks Quicksilver. He's like, well, that's very taken. Um, you know, and there's other ones like that are taken, like are, are lame. He thinks like lightning. And then Linda comes up with, and I, this stuck with me forever, like 30, yeah, 30 years. Um, she's like, how about Mr. Zip? <laughs> and, you know, while he you know, like laughs about it and, you know, you know, kind of tickles her and makes jokes about it for a while. And then uh, one thing I love, he's like, um, he ends the conversation with like, uh, um, I'm the Flash, stay used to it. <laughs> but there's that humor, you know, it's always there with Wally there. It's like, it's a different kind of humor. It's not, it's not Peter Parker, you know what I mean? It, it's, um, it's more, I always kind of think of him, Wally isn't as smart as Barry. He's a little, he's smart, but he's a little dopey. He's a little cocky and insecure at the same time. He's, little, he's more complex, yeah. you know? Uh, he, it's a very nuanced character. Right. Very much he could so. be a jerk. And, and he, we all know. Yeah, and, he, and he, it's self-deprecating humor, but not to the point of a Peter Parker. No, no, no. 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 Well, he doesn't take himself seriously, but he's not uh, He's not a woe-is-me character. Not, not at all. Really not at all. And he, um, which is why that uh, one of the many reasons why that other story didn't work with him, because this doesn't, even even the writing Tom King said, yeah. he, he wished he never picked that, he never used that character. It doesn't fit. Um, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he's not self-deprecating to that point. He's, He's almost got like a like a like a cockiness to him, but not an obnoxious one. Yeah, um, he's just very he's he's unique. Yeah, he's one of the very unique you know characters in the DC universe. Um, he is the I think I think he's the greatest legacy character. I would even put him in front of Dick Grayson. I guess that might be heresy. I absolutely agree. I mean, he's accomplished more. Yep, yes, he has. I mean, he's the. So. He's the sidekick, the only sidekick in history that ever fulfilled the promise, quote unquote, permanently. I mean, you know, 20 something years alone in the spotlight and he's still a flash now. So 30 something, you know, 30 years, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, Dick might have been Batman for like a year or two in Morrison's run. Um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, Bucky was capped for a couple of years at Brubaker. But but everyone knew those things were temporary. While he was the, the only right. flash, you know, not only flash, but he was the lead flash. Uh, from 1987 to 2008 and then, well, six and then back in eight, mm-hmm. but for like 20 something years, um, people, you know, a lot of people might, might find this hard to believe because of the show been on for so long and Barry being the comics and not getting a movie. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was 20 something years where most people didn't really talk about Barry coming back. The flesh was Wally for most people, even people that grew up with Barry like yourself. Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, uh, you know, the, the saying was that uh, uh, three characters will always stay dead: Uncle Ben, Gwen Stacy, and and and, and uh, Barry yep. Allen. And um, Uncle Ben is still dead, and Gwen came back a yeah. couple of times. <laughs> and uh, Barry's back now, but uh, you know, I'm not going to begrudge Barry being back, uh, but um, hopefully not at the not at the uh, you know. Uh, detriment of, of Wally in the new yeah, well, future. I'm with you. I love Barry, but I feel like um, the DC universe lost something special when he came back because mm-hmm. at Wally's sacrifice, he was so unique in so many ways and even different. Like you're seeing him in the Justice League next, it added like a layer to the Justice League having like the, you know, the original characters with some younger ones like him and Kyle and Connor, like not everyone were exactly peers. It had, I mean, they were, but it added a different dynamic than, people that came up exactly together. You know what I mean? Um, that's how they looked at each other. Like while he was as 
competent as the originals, but he still looked at them a certain way. But then, but they still respected him. But then someone like Kyle was the newbie and was kind of like, you know, it would added something that now when it's just like the, you know, the big seven originals, it feels a little more generic to me. Mm. Yeah. But again, it's, yeah. I think it's like yeah. a, a metaphor for DC comics when they did the new 52 and they took away the legacy. It didn't feel like DC uh. comics. Not at all. No, no. I was, and people on this podcast know what I think of the mm-hmm. 52. <laughs> there are a couple of good books. Uh, you know, the most of the Batman room was good in the JLA, but uh, nah. yeah, I mean, I mean, they're bound uh, to be something good, right? But yeah, yeah. But um, but they did the Superman. I'll never forgive them. For that. Hey, and listen, I mean, it, it's the proof's in the pudding. I mean, when it, it, it took them a long time to. I wouldn't even say they reversed Crisis because they didn't. They just added upon it. They, they kept basically that continuity. They just added the stuff we liked from before. But they they mm-hmm. flipped on the New 52 pretty quick. No, they had to because the sales were just about a year, about a year into uh, the New 52, the sales were getting yeah, in the crowd. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. But um, anyway, why don't we, uh, we jump to the next yes. issue, 76. Um, this one is um, this is where things really kind of turn and hit the fan. Um, but before they do, I'll, I'll, I'll start with another one of my quotes. This one, again, more optimistic is, uh, I don't want to, you know, I got to give some levity because this next issue is pretty heavy. Um, Life begins at 10. At least that's my story. Most kids my age have no idea what tomorrow brings. I know, I know I didn't. Not until Barry Allen <laughs> took me under his wing. He gave me purpose, a direction, an identity that would totally define my life. It was the greatest gift I ever received. And then, you know, then things kind of go south. So anyway, in this issue, um, there is a new uh, criminal uh, empire that's been taking over uh, in the twin cities of Keystone and Central. And there's a mysterious head of this organization that we don't know about yet. And uh, they're called Mm -hmm. the Combine. And they're on they're on the attack. So the the Jay calls and the flashes go to you know to save the day. And while they're there, um, Barry and uh, Wally get caught in this force field that is like shrinking at a, a, at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And they can't vibrate out of it because it matches. It'll it'll amend its vibrations uh, if they do. Uh, so Wally has the idea if they both vibrate at the same time, that it'll kind of you know mess it up and they can sneak out. So while Barry gets out and uh, while he can't get on his own and he needs Barry to kind of you know, grab his hand and pull him out. And that's when it takes a turn and, and, and Barry Allen yeah. leaves him there to die. Um, so at, at that point, Joe, you had to kind of, you kind of had to wonder who that was. huh? <laughs> Serious doubts at that point. Yes. You know, uh, I'm trying to think back again, 30 years ago, but very, very, uh, very doubtful that this was Barry at this point. Uh, I had no inclination that it was who, it was going to be who it turned out to be, but uh, shapeshifters and you know uh, uh, imposters are, are rampant in comic book universes. So I'm, yeah, I'm saying okay, this this can't be Barry because even if he had his head messed up coming back, he would never do this to Wally. So and and obviously, um, you know the, that last page of, of seventy. There's two things I want to say about seventy six that are homages. The, I mean, We've talked about this offline, but um, the cover to issue 76, volume two, is an homage to the cover of Flash, volume one, number 184. And um, 
I, you know, I, I um, encourage our listeners to uh, go to go to go to uh, Google the cover of Flash One Eighty Four, and they'll know what we're talking about. It's almost a word for word in big lettering, uh, a copy, and both flashes, Barry on one eighty four and Wally on on seventy six, look totally and completely defeated. So, um, and then that last page, Keith, that last page, uh, where he's he's sitting with his heads in his hand, and um, you know, where Barry announces to the Twin Cities that Wally is dead. The last page, the Flash is dead, and there's Wally's uniform suit, whatever, sitting in what looks like a trash can. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Keith, do you know what that's... You know what's really funny? Is I've read this story about like 20-something times and I never picked up on it, but now that you say it, yes, I know. I know it. You know exactly, right? Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Man No More. Right? <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man No More. So, I, and I, you know what? I just, I read it many times and I didn't realize it until tonight. <laughs> when I'm looking at it, he goes, holy crap! The cover's an homage to, to a Silver Age Flash uh, comic and the last page is a cover to a Silver Age Spider-Man comic. It's just like this is just so freaking cool. It's, yeah, it's, so, you're, you know, you're right. It's, it's, such a, it's amazing. And, and it's, the, it's the author uh, Mark Wade, who was just you know one of the consummate uh, comic book authors of, of, of the entire medium at any time at any, any okay. period. Thousand percent. He's the guy. Um, you know, yeah. I've read you know a couple stories I didn't really love by him, but overall he puts out some great quality and just knows the characters and. To be honest with you, I think sometimes the his the stories he has that are bad, I think, are probably an editorial reason, like his Avengers. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we we've discussed that before. How sometimes a, a bad story may not be the author's fault. So it's, it's, it's same thing with a bad movie. I mean, uh, the director, uh, you know, goes off off kilter with the uh, the script and wants to do things his or her way, and all of a sudden the movie falls apart. I- well, Even the actors, absolutely. Can't I mean, um, and I hear that you hear that when you even listen to like podcasts about movies or even comics from some of the writers. Sometimes they think they nailed something, and then when it gets released, they're like, "Oh my god, what a piece of garbage!" And sometimes things come mm-hmm. together, and they're like, "Oh, how this even happen? How this come out so good?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's you know, there's 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 hits and misses that sometimes just happen organically, right. and uh, it's uh, it's. What do they call it? The perfect right, storm. Right. So, but it's happened. It happens all the time in, in, in popular culture. Yeah. So this this issue was really. I mean, at the end of this issue, like you're, you know, you're drained too. I mean, you see how Wally is drained, and he's like, this is a low point. Um, now, you had said uh, in in one of our text uh, threads that um, this story uh, you thought was kind of akin to. Matt Murdock's Born Again, absolutely, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because we've been talking about that recently, that it, it kind of like right. mirrored it, it, you know. It also doesn't help, uh, hurt that, you know, the two redheads. <laughs> Holy crap, I didn't realize that. You're right. Oh, it's, I, well, I'm still, uh, missed, missing the obvious. <laughs> That's right, well, the two redheads. Uh, oh, for our listeners, we do have a, a uh, an episode coming up that does deal. It's James's book club, first edition, uh, first episode. And, and then the first book we read was... Um, Daredevil born again. So, but yeah, the two redheads, two guys that, um, that, that are, um, well, they're not, they're both heroic in, in, their, in their own way. Um, obviously, Daredevil's a much, Matt's a much more troubled individual than Wally yeah. ever was or ever will be. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, Wally has to sink down to the, the lowest depths before he can recapture his, uh, his, uh, himself and his heroism. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, 
I, good, very good point. It's funny, a little, a little funny thing. I remember that I was listening to a podcast years ago with Matt Murdock on, I think, the Word Balloon podcast, and he was at the time he was writing Daredevil. I'm sorry, with Mark Wade was writing uh, the, the Daredevil mm. comic at the time. At the time it was right around the time where Flash Rebirth happened, and um, or even and, and actually, I think even after and while he was just gone, it wasn't being published. I, I think he didn't even exist in the comics at that point because it was New Fifty Two, and they were asking, you know. Uh, what what they what Wade thought about what was going on in DC and all that and uh, you know um, he was you know he was kind but he he made a comment like because he was writing Daredevil he's like he's like uh, don't worry I'm taking care of Wally I, I I'm hiding him in the Daredevil book he's got red hair too <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking care of him <laughs> that's funny. That one funny. thing I'd like to point out about this issue too is um, not only this a great you know, my favorite story. Like, I love this book. I, I must have bought in this trade paperback for so many people uh, just to get them to read it over the years. I probably bought like six or seven copies because I was like, I want wow. you to read it. And I, you know, maybe someone, I used to buy one for my, a buddy of mine I used to smoke his, his apartment. So I didn't want to give him my copy, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and various reasons like that. But um, it's not only the great, great story, um, but also it plants the seeds for other stuff that, it's going to come, it's going to affect not only the rest of Wade's run in an amazing way, but for 30 years in the future. So, um, and I mean, oh, yeah. publishing, not even in the story. I mean, um, so basically, um, after the last issue, even before Wally was keen on it, Jay Garrick had some suspicions about uh, Barry's return. Mm-hmm. He started to kind of see things, I guess, off panel that we hadn't seen or Wally hadn't seen yet. And um, to kind of be prepared for it, he went to uh, to some of his old friends to get some help, and one oh, of yeah. them was uh, Johnny Quick, uh, who was another speedster. Um, which Joe, he was uh, originally like he was an Earth Two character, correct? Before the crisis. Oh yeah, I, I got the little stuff about him. Oh, good, cool, facts. cool. Yeah, um, another character that they that they pulled out of um, mothballs, so to speak, was a character that was. Um, <laughs> Really, only in one comic, I believe, before, um, and then he was called Quicksilver, which is another wink, mm-hmm. wink to the, what Linda's comment was. Um, right. But uh, he was really wasn't fleshed out. He didn't have a real identity. There wasn't much to him at all. You know, um, Mark Wade said he had just something about that costume. Mark said he loved that costume, um, and he liked the idea that he was an acrobat. So Mark gave him a whole backstory and and was going to use him in the future um max mercury dubbed them the zen master of speed um not only does um does jay get them you know get johnny and max for assistance but later on in the story max will be integral to helping wally um overcome uh, uh barry allen and oh very much so yeah so, uh, yeah so uh you, you want to share us uh, that flashback joe yeah, I got some flash facts. Let's say, well, about uh, um, the uh, the three older speedsters. Um, obviously, Jay Garrick's first appearance was Flash Comics, cover date number one, uh, January 1940. But I think it went on sale. Oh, no, it did go on sale November 10th, 1939. The same year as Batman, the Human Torch, the Submariner, and the original Captain Marvel. So, I mean, the Flash is, he's there at the very beginning of the Golden Age, you know. The only ones who were there before him was Superman. So basically, you know, when you think of the this great characters of the, of the Golden Age, uh, Jay Garrick is there from the from the from the beginning, uh, and then we have, um, as you mentioned, we have uh, 
let me see now. We have uh, Johnny Quick's first appearance, More Fun Comics number 71, which predates Green Arrow and Aquaman, who appeared two issues wow. later in number 73. And he was created by Mort Weisinger, who went on to to um, uh, co-create Aquaman with, I think, I want to say, I can't think of the guy's first name, but Norris is his last name. And, of course, Weisinger took over the Superman books in the mid-50s and built that entire Superman mythos with Legion, Supergirl, and Super Pets, and multiple forms of kryptonite, the whole, the whole schmear. And then you've got Max Mercury. Um, get to this powers by a Native American shaman in the period of the Old West, Max protected both Native Americans and settlers from injustice and was known throughout time by various names. And you mentioned Lightning, Blue Streak, and Quicksilver. No, he's not. He's not a mutant. So, um, yeah, th- those, those are three intriguing characters that Wade brings in. It just, you know, just adds to the tapestry. And you, you know something special is happening in this story when you, when you see all these speedsters. And there's... Um, um, are we getting to that? Is that the next issue? Is it 77 or is it 76? Is that double? 77. Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't go that. <laughs> okay, because you know how I feel about that, that oh. double page spread. But, but yeah, so the, these characters are just, they're not there, you know, as decorations. They're there for a reason. And you're right. You felt yeah. like something special was happening. Like something was building uh-huh. here. And something was. Something was building that would be paying off in many other Flash stories, not only in Wade's long run, but in John's and even today. Um, yep, very it, much just, so. uh, I gotta say, the, the dork in me, I, I, I love the name Blue Streak. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and I love little things that Wade does that imply like a history and it got me so excited. It was like, um, uh, Jay makes a, a comment to, to Max when he's trying to recruit him to come help out because Max is a little hesitant at first. He's even hiding who he is. And you know, Jay yeah. makes a comment about how Max was his hero, and and he taught him so much. And I'm like, oh, there's a story there. There's a bunch of stories there somewhere <laughs> that implied history of the characters you never saw together before. Um, it just that's just the way it is now. You just that's you know, Max was uh, a, a teacher, um, an inspiration to both. Uh, 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 Jay and uh, Johnny Quick, even though Johnny got teased a lot by Max. Yeah, you know Max. I just said this thought. Max is kind of like the um, the uh, well, he's the Zen Master of Speed, but he's to speedsters is what Wildcat was to um, you know Black Canary, Batman. Uh, Batman uh, anybody that had to use to, to use martial yeah. arts, right? So that's uh, you know again, this is Mister Wade putting all the pieces together and building like, world building like beyond, you know. Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah. Because then, you know, I mean, uh, not yet, but like with Johnny Quick later comes Jesse Quick, and, you know, it's just uh, so much. And then, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seeds are planted here for, you know, Impulse and uh, other other oh, stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Impulse is a great character, and he, he tortured Max Mercury for 70 something issues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Max. It was just... I, I, lo- I love those, that, that Impulse comic book, you know, because. It, it uses that old um, Warner Brothers cartoon uh, where the thought bubbles are not words but pictures. Yep. Like the world, stuff like that. <laughs> that's how Bart thinks. That's that's Wade, Wade says it. That's how Bart, that's how Bart thinks. He, uh, that's how Bart thinks, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's always, uh, you know, the impulse is the, is the perfect name. It's uh, Wade always says, like, he goes from, you know, just 
thought to reaction. He doesn't think more about it. Um, there's that. He even said the the first arc in the Impulse book was called the what the single synapse theory. Like he just you know, yep. went right to it. Um, but yeah, there's so much built here. It's not just an amazing story, but it just God it plants the seeds for so many other great flash stories. Terminal Velocity, Dead Heat, you know, Chain Lightning, um, little mm. ones in between, and stuff Johns did later. And you like you said the whole yep. Impulse run. Yeah. Great run. And no one gets impulse like uh, like Wade. Like no one gets it. You know, impulse. Even though in the beginning, even Wade wrote a little serious because he had to in the in the Flash story. But that was a comedy book. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Something we need again. We we could use some of those right now. Not kidding. It's few and far between. Um. So yeah. So the um this issue is great. You know, it it basically has uh, um the betrayal of Barry. You know, leaving Wally to die. You have. Uh, Jay Garrick in the in the background uh, uh, putting together a team because he's already suspicious of what's going on with Barry. You know, planning the scenes for more mm-hmm. stuff. And like you said, that last page is uh, you know it, it's it's uh, it's heartbreaking seeing you know Wally betrayed by you know the, the, the you know the, the one person he loved more than anything and looked up to. Exactly. Um, yes. But then so. the next issue is where things really heat up. Um, the next issue is probably one of my like single favorite issues it's just so much happens you got you got joe's favorite splash page you got you got like yep. um you got a big uh, uh revelation um and there's so many good things and, and greg larook's art is you know just on fire in this issue um yeah i'm looking uh, at it right now it's gorgeous. Just gorgeous and that 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 double page spread pages six and seven is just just amazing and i'll tell you yeah and this this particular issue i'm gonna have two quotes <laughs> Oh, great. It, cool. Literally the first and the last page because they're my huh. they're literally stuck with me so long. I love it. So the um my quote is in this the first in this issue, the first quote is the narration of um of of Wally saying and this is how it reads. His name is Barry Allen. He's the Flash, the deadliest, most ruthless supervillain ever to hold Central City in his thrall. And me? I'm Wally West, his biggest fan. That's Ooh. that, like you know, sarcastic. While like you know, while he's a you know, little down, you know, down the dumps, he hasn't lived there like some characters do. But um, that's how that's Wally speak. That's you know, that's something he yep. would say. Like sure. you know, there's talking about what Barry's doing. It's horrible stuff he's doing this today. But he's like, and me, I'm his biggest fan. Like you know, and it's like beating himself up because somehow he feels like this is his fault. Yeah, that's that's Wally. That's you know, and it's it's a juxtaposition from what he, uh, the opening in in, in issue seventy four. Yes. You know, uh, so it's uh, again, it's very well laid out, beautifully. You know, he uh, uh, Wade plants plants seeds, and uh, he uh, they, he makes them pay off throughout the series, throughout the six issues. You don't have to wait till the end for everything. To no, and like you said, like the the uh, juxtaposed like certain, it does that a lot. A lot of scenes are. Are very much mirrored to other yeah. other ones, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's great. Why don't you tell me about your 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 splash page you love so much? Well, I'm with you. you. I, I it, that's like pinnacle, Greg Larocque's art. It's yeah, it's it's the pinnacle of his art. It's beautifully rendered, and as I said at the beginning, uh, Roy Richardson, the inker. I think you know you got to owe a lot to this uh, to the inker also bringing it, pulling it all together. The coloring is vibrant and beautiful. Uh, who's the colorist again? Let's see. Uh, colored by... Inks. 
colorist, Matt. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. So, you know, again, let's give everybody credit here. All, you know, the, the pencil, the inker, the colorist. It's just gorgeous. And, you know, I like the dust in the background because they're, they're coming to a halt and they're, 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 they're uh, you know, um, uh, approaching um, uh, Barry. We'll put that in quotes here, of course. <laughs> yeah, at this point, <laughs> that's safe to say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I hate, I don't want to be the guy, again, I don't want to be the guy from Gran Torino, get off my lawn. But, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get, if you get a double page spread like this in a comic book today, and you do, it's it's not going to look like this. It's just not. And I don't know why. I don't know if the people are not up to the task, if the colors are not up to the task, the inkers. Many comic books aren't even inked today anymore. It's, it's penciler and colorist. And I think inking is so important to, to make these characters pop off the page. And um, this still looks like a comic book, and that's not a bad thing. You know, I don't, I don't want realism in my comic books. It's not like you know, I'll turn on the news or I'll watch a baseball right. game. Or, you know, but I want, I want to be, you know, I want shock and awe. I want, you know, I want my jaw to drop when I see a beautifully rendered page. And this is all that and more. I, you know, kind of go back to your point there. I, um, I'm with you. I don't want realism in my comics, but I'm going to quote something Brian Bendis says a lot, which whether, you know, people like him or not, this is, it doesn't have to be, People can confuse things. It doesn't need to be realistic to be taken seriously. It has to be like true, honest to the story and characters. For that world they live in, right. it has to feel honest and real. It doesn't matter if you explain how the Speed Force works or how Batman gets his weapons. Like it has to feel honest. And like and for me, especially the, the emotions and the, the character moments have to feel honest more than anything. I could deal with a little plot hole, they all have them. You know, every story, if you dig deep, even the best stories have things you could pick apart. But if the, if the mm -hmm. stories and the characters feel honest, you know, that's it. Like, this splash page is beautiful because of the art. It's also beautiful because a lot of splash pages now in comics, I hate to be that guy too, um, but um, a lot of them are just pretty just for pretty sake. This isn't just beautiful art. is emotion because of what's happening here. Yeah, throwdowns about to happen. Two characters that, right? that like love each other and, or, you know, mm -hmm. think they, you know, <laughs> there's more, you know, more of that mystery. But you know, Jay loves Barry, and 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 Johnny does too, and, and Max is trying to help. There's more oomph here. You know, you, you pull up a, some, you know, not all comics. There are some good comics being published. You know, the current Flash, the world's finest, other things. Yeah. But so many mm -hmm. of them, the splash pages are meaningless. It's like, oh look, this looks like a shiny toy, and that's it. You know. Yeah. No, this this is this is a shiny toy, but it's here for a reason. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's, it looks more and it's more than that. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, uh, what Ben just said about you know how it has to make sense within the story because you know you quoted a, a great writer, a great comic book writer, and I, and that makes me think of a great movie director who uh, we lost uh, uh, last year, and that is uh, the great Richard Donner, who who, who um, you know said about Superman the movie verisimilitude. It has to work within the framework. If you can believe a man can fly or can run at you know, multiple speeds of sound and then eventually just multiple speeds of light, then it's got to make sense in that world. All the things that happen in that world have to make sense. And, uh, and so and this is what Donna pulled off in that movie, and this is what uh, Wade is pulling off in this series of, of books. Yeah, no, I yeah. a thousand percent agree. Uh, Donna was, yeah, this is a, a gift. Those, you know, that's the thing. Those two Superman movies, yeah, there are a lot of things that happen that – you, some people might think are silly, but or unbelievable, like almost like too bombastic. But I, I 
I never, even as an adult, doubt those things because that's the world I'm in and it's honest to that world. Yeah. Now, when you have a story where certain stories where like uh, the, the newer Batman, people think it's just more sophisticated storytelling because it's dark and they explain little things that, you know, they think they're being like clever with. To me, actually, it, it makes it look sillier to me when something, you know, it's still Batman. He's still a superhero. When you take something too seriously, to me, it stands out more being silly. And I never thought that the Donner Superman movies were silly. I took those as serious as a heart attack. Right, and it's the same thing with the, the, this. Uh, this story. not serious. But you know what I mean? Like I, I, I took it seriously to myself. As a, you know, myself. I didn't. It's not dark, but yeah. How, how old were you when you read this? Story this story. The first time? I, I, I was actually in high school. I was seventeen. Okay. Oh, and I was. Cool. You know, I think I told you the other day, the other night. I was. Um, I stopped reading comics for about a year or two, just because I, you know, I was in high school. I, I had moved and met all these new friends, and I was more. You know, my money had to go to like you know alcohol or girls or something. And, uh, which is like, I know a cliche story, but it was, you know, nonetheless true. And a friend of mine in school was like, he liked Wolverine. And I really didn't know anything about like Marvel. I, I read, before I stopped reading comics for that brief period, I read Spider-Man. That was the only Marvel I ever read. So Wolverine and the X-Men, when I, he showed me a book, looked, it didn't look right to me. I, I didn't, I love him now, but I didn't like him. But he wanted to go pick up the new issue of Wolverine or something. And I, I went with him and we were walking home from school. And I was just digging through the back issues, and that's where I picked up these issues. Um, and I was blown away. I was just like, oh, I was so unreal cool. to me. I, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't believe it. I was just sucked right back in. This this brought me back in the comics. Well, you see, it's, uh, it worked. Then. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what is going on? Then I had to, you know, then I had to go back, at, you know, like a year, half worth of what I missed. And then, um, and then it was off to the races again. And I... And all of a sudden, I'm freaking buying everything again. Isn't it fun when you have to tra- track down issues, oh, right? You know, I, get, I, I used to carry a, a piece of paper in my wallet, my want list, and I would go to stores mm-hmm. and check them off when I got them. And it was, uh, it, it, you're right, it was so exciting to get, you know, to finally track something down. Listen, I love being able to read digital comics now and not have to wait or track something down, or even with music, the same thing. But there was something special about hunting down and going to, you know, man, I, I would... I never, it took me like forever to track down like a JSA issue. I had to go to a convention. Like it was just so it yeah. was so satisfying when you got it. No, well, when I was tracking down stuff when I was your age, it was conventions. There, there were bookstores, but they weren't comic book stores. There was one we used to visit all the time. My friends and I in in uh, Flatbush in Brooklyn. We lived in East New York, Brooklyn, a complete other other side of the borough. And uh, we'd take two subway two subways to get there. And uh, uh, it was called My Friend's Bookstore. That's right, yeah. And I remember buying back issues of Justice League of America, issues, say, from between 10 and 30, right? Volume one for like 50 cents wow. a piece in like 1970. And I would go with a fistful of quarters. <laughs> and it was so cool to track this stuff down. It was part of the uh, the fun of, of reading comics. And I just hope people are doing that today. I really do. I want I want the young kids especially to have the same experiences we had uh, with, with these characters in these books. Yeah, well, I told you, I, I pick them up for kids in my family, or, you know, or friends' kids. I, I I buy them all the time. I've been getting a lot of stuff on eBay, like cheaper, so I can give them, like, you know, little graphic novels, you know, like, uh, and, and yeah. of, like my favorite. I got, um, you know, for five bucks, Joe, with, with like $3 shipping, I got one of these kids a, a Green Lantern Rebirth trade. You know, oh, you know cool. the, 
and it's in really good shape. Like they, they say good. And there's like a couple like bends, but nothing bad at all, honestly. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I love, uh, or with the dollar bins recently for, for a kid's birthday to get like some, some cool issues. Um, just cause you know, I, you want to kind of, I don't much love, um, you know, we've gotten out of comics. And I, I want to kind of pass that on. And you can tell when some kids yeah. got it in them, you know, that like that look, you know, they love it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, there's nothing better that, that excitement of tracking down issues, that excitement of learning about characters, just like, you know, looking yeah. into the history of a, a character. And, oh, it's just, uh, it's your own world. You know, I think one of the things, especially when you and I were younger, because you know, now there's like streaming services and these kids have everything at their disposal. But when we were younger, man, it, it felt like a private little club too, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was exciting when you met people that were into it, but it was just kind of cool that it was yours, you know? Yes, exactly. That's the way I felt when we went to these conventions, my friends and I, back in the early 70s. We discovered people like us. We didn't know there was anybody else <laughs> out there like us. <laughs> oh, you oh, you really like you like Superman too? You like Batman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do oh, you think this artist should be doing this book? No, they should put somebody else on the book. Things like that. But it just went on and on, and it was great. It was great. I, I was at the 73 convention when DC made a double uh, uh, announcement um, that they had gotten the rights to... Uh, the shadow and that they had bought the quality characters and they were going to start publishing Shazam, Captain wow. Marvel. And that was the 1973 Comic-Con, the, the Phil Comic-Con. And we were blown away, my friends and I. Holy crap, we can't wait. You know, I got yeah. a little, a, a little a funny thing to tell you too. Uh, I'll make it brief. Um, it's kind of a side story, but um, well, as anyone who, you know, I, I'm sure if someone listened to our first episode, they'll know how Joe and I met, but a little recap. My, my, um, my mother's friend, who was kind of like, you know, the friend that's an aunt, um, married uh, a Joe's cousin. I mean, yeah, cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank and yeah. you know, we, you know, we had met, but when I was a little kid, before uh, Linda actually had uh, met, you know, seen Frankie again because they both they knew each other in high school, and then they they met up again when they both got divorced. But at one point, um, Linda had brought over a guy she was dating a little bit, and she brought him over to my parents' house, and I must have been like ten years old in '86, and my family still tells the story a lot. I like. I dragged him into my room to show him my comic book collection. <laughs> and I remember I had all my crisis issues lined up. Um, uh, actually, I have an 87 because I had a couple of the new flashes, my old flashes, and I made him look at all my comics. That's so cool. <laughs> um, that is great. Yeah, no, so this issue, a lot happens. You know, um, not only does, you know, um, uh, uh, Barry start taking down you know, more in, in Keystone Central and causing destruction. You have you have mm-hmm. Jay, Max, and Johnny coming at him in that beautiful splash page that uh, Joe mentioned. Uh, meanwhile, Wally's sitting at home watching all this on the news and and just kind of beating himself up a little bit and saying, you know, what you know, what can I do against someone who's so much faster than me? Because one thing to note for anyone who um, wasn't reading the book at this time, or if we didn't mention it, after the crisis. And when Wally took over for Barry, Wally took over to honor Barry's memory, as I said in the beginning. And he mm-hmm. took his costume and wore the same costume because he wanted people to remember that version of the Flash. Wally also took off his mask because, you know, by saying that, I mean, reveal his identity to the public because he wanted people to know that it was Barry he was honoring. This is a different mm-hmm. person. Um, but Wally immediately after the crisis had lost his, a lot of his speed. He was, uh, he, you know, he could you know run like... I think the max at that point was like 700 miles an hour. And when Barry was alive, Barry and Wally could run at the speed of light. And they were 
crossing dimensions yeah, and all that. Times like, yeah. um, so you know, so in this book, Wally is you know he's gotten faster since the when he first became took over being the Flash, but he still wasn't anywhere near Barry or Jay or Max, uh, or Johnny in Speed. He was pretty much the, the slowest character at this point in this story. So Wally's at home, he's like, you know, first of all, he's beating himself up, and he's upset because his, his mentor and best friend, um, you know, had tried to kill him and and uh, was, you know, destroying his hometown and his own legacy. Um, so that's where everyone is, is at that point. You know, uh, Wally's home, and, and Jay and the guys are trying to take down on Barry Allen, and and it, it's getting really serious, getting dangerous. People are getting hurt. Um, mm. It's a fantastic issue, though. And Joe mentioned it gives it gives both the Jay, all it gives Jay, Max, and Johnny some really cool moments too um, through the story. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that, I, I, that you don't see as much these days. And the newer stuff, they tend to make the older guys seem like they're incompetent, which it, it always annoys me. In this story, Jay and them are. Or, or giving it as good to Barry as, as they get, you know. Um, trouble is, Barry Allen's still the fastest Flash. Um, yeah, is it, is it this story where they mention that you know um, uh, Jay may be faster, but he doesn't have the endurance because Barry's is exactly um, right. right. But they're pretty close, you know. What I mean, so at that point, yeah, close, it, yeah, it really it makes yeah. a difference. Um, so, but while this is happening. Um, while this is all going on, with everyone's fighting, and oh, unfortunately, yeah. you know, Jay and them are getting their butts kicked at this point. Um, you know, at the same time, they're flashing back. Wally is just kind of walking aimlessly through town, and he he finds himself looking like Don. Oh Johnson my God! Totally from, from Miami Vice. You got, you got the stubble. <laughs> you got a white a white suit and a black tank top. Like it's it's hilarious. Um, it really, I mean, it really is pretty funny. Um, he's walking around aimlessly, but not so aimlessly because he finds himself in the same alleyway where Barry Allen material mm-hmm. said he materialized in the beginning of the story. Um, and he's just walking around looking, you know, thinking he might find answers, you know, uh, really probably more of a Hail Mary kind of way, but also just kind of walking around trying to find answers even to anything in life that's going on with the situation, not necessarily specific. Um, at the same time, they keep flashing back and forth and, um, Bar- you know, uh, Jay and them are getting, you know, their their butts handed to him even more. And then Wally sees, hears a bum in the alley say one word that really pulls things around. He hears the word Iris, um, which mm-hmm. is Barry's uh, late wife, um, who was killed by uh, the Reverse Flash Professor Zoom, who was Barry's you know, number one enemy throughout his run. Uh, you know, wreaked havoc on his life for so long. So Barry, you know, runs to the 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 homeless guy, I shouldn't say, homeless guy, and uh, <laughs> uh, um, and said, and, and you know, bribes him, gives him money for the book, uh, because he's reading a book with the, with the word IRS. He, and while he feels that that's probably not a coincidence, um, and he re- he's also reading the book and he's blown away. There's he's just kind of head buried in it at the same time. They're showing flashbacks, I mean, um, they're showing what's going on with. With Jay and them, and, and there's this big explosion, and it looks like it looks like at least that Barry killed or really hurt Jet. Um, yeah. And you know, while he's reading the book, and he says that he he opens, he goes to the front cover, and he sees two words that turn his whole world around. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know what they are, 
No, that's very, very clever. Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, especially as a kid who had like, you know, all these years invested in the flash, I'm like, say it. <laughs> and I gotta yep. wait a month, are you kidding me? Um, more than that, really. Like a month. Uh, anyway, then Wally immediately like looks at you know at you, the camera, and this like lightning is you know runs away, runs to go help Jay and Johnny and them because whatever his realization is, it made him realize he had to step up. He couldn't sit, yep. you know, he couldn't sit and, and mope anymore. Um, and you go right to the explosion where look, it seems like Jay may have died or been hurt. And that this is, like I said, there'd be two quotes from me for this issue, one in the beginning and one in the end, literally the first page and the last page of the issue. Um, this is while he makes it to the to the scene, he finds Jay's helmet there. He's holding it in his hand, looking at it with this, you know, look on his face. And he says, too late. I wasn't fast enough, but those days are over. My name is Wally West. I'm the Flash, and now that I know the secret of Barry Allen, I'm going to bring him in down or die trying. I literally must have like screamed when I read that. <laughs> that was like my Captain America in Endgame, you know, Avengers Assemble. That was my moment, or, or when he gets the uh, Thor's hammer. For me, that was it. I'm like, oh, it's on. Like whatever he found out, like he's, you know, he's back, and uh, uh, at this that page alone, that psychs me up so much. When I was when I was a kid, I actually like made a because you know I made a copy of it and I hit I hung it up in my room. <laughs> I had, like, right, and, you know now it's easy to do that. Back then I had to like bring it to school. It was all thing. It was black and white then because you know. Um, but such a great moment and also beautiful art. Um, oh, it's gorgeous! That page, that, that last page is a full yeah, page. Oh right? my god! Look at it right now. It's I'm pretty gorgeous. sure. Once I'm again, sure I posted that. You did, you did. I did, right? Yeah, yes, I, posted, did. I love mm-hmm. that moment. Um, and I love that version of Wally's costume. I think I sent, I actually got the the exclusive new Target um, Funko Pop of this Wally uh, Flash uh, uh, costume. Beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Anyways, so like, now yeah, you know it's on. Um, yes. You know, that wraps up that issue. And the next issue is, you know, um, the penultimate issue. Uh, and it's a great one it basically this issue um is you find out very quickly that jay's actually alive he's okay and it begins with jay uh uh wally max and johnny um kind of hiding out somewhere and trying and they're all trying to give wally advice on what to do on, on how to you know defeat um whatever this whoever this bad barry allen is or what's going on with him and uh you know, Johnny first starts by trying to teach him his speed formula uh, that he yeah yeah, yeah that he tried that he used, and later that's something else that pops up in Wade's run uh, that's huge. Uh, when while he actually mm-hmm. does use that, um, but in this story, while he can't see it, so to speak, he can't visualize it, so he doesn't you know he doesn't do it. Plus, Max is kind of like you know mocking the concept, but um, yep. <laughs> uh, but later is for issue ninety two of, of the series. It's actually that. Becomes a big moment for Wally. Anyway, so my first uh, before we get into the, the heat of it here, my first um, my, my quote for this issue is, is this: "Is uh, Wally basically um, arguing with Max Mercury?" Um, mm-hmm. uh, Max tells Wally for the first time. This hinkers back to what Joe was saying before about Wally having to overcome something, and what mm-hmm. he has to overcome to defeat Barry Allen is fear. 
Um, and he t- basically, Max tells him that. And what, this is the, the conversation. So there's a couple quotes. Um, all right, that's this is Wally. All right, that's it. This little college of velocity knowledge is over. over with. <laughs> no one can tell me I'm afraid of speed. I love what I can do. And Max says, but you love your Uncle Barry even more. That's why you took his name and costume, isn't it? In a sense, you did it so the world wouldn't forget him or his heroism. You keep saying you don't want to replace Barry, but the moment you become as fast as him, that's exactly what you'll have done. And they give each other that look. And that harkens back to what we were saying before about how Wally was slow after the crisis and throughout the run before this story, 70-something issues before, Wally was always slower, losing his speed, um, almost messing up on purpose often, almost being a jerk on purpose often, because deep down he... His biggest fear is to surpass Barry Allen. And he's going to have to overcome that fear in order to defeat his this villain and to basically become the man he's meant to be. Now, do you think that uh, when the book started, Volume 1 Flash, Volume one, uh, volume 2, Number 1, After the Crisis, do you think that the original writers, Mike Barron and William Messer Lobes, had that in mind? I don't. Or do you think this is this is the genius of Mark? I don't Wade think pulling. I don't together? think that Baron did. I do think that um, I definitely think that um, that Messner Loeb's did. I think there was even hints here and there in like one of the annuals. Um, also, later on, Wade was like one of the editors on the book with Messner Loeb's. I, I I think it was uh, there. I forgot that. I there's like one annual where it, it comes up. There's you know Tina McGee mentions it. Um, uh, Wally's therapist mentions it. Wally was in therapy because, of course, it was the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, 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 allude, they allude to it a lot. They also allude to Barry being dead and choosing Wally. Like, when he became one with... with you know, there wasn't a speed force yet that was created. That was more uh, approaching issue 100. But they alluded to, in death, Barry chose Wally. There were a lot of things kind of planted there. Um, mm-hmm. I think Messner Lobes did, yes. I don't think Barron did. I think Barron was this going for like an, an edgier Wally and a more realistic in power scope Wally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's that definitely what was going on there. I'm just looking through the issue right now. The, the, the fight scenes are uh, great. <laughs> so great. Even while he's like, it's how he talks to people. It's so unique to him than other characters. Even when, um, when Max makes a comment, when Max is like, you know, uh, trying to teach him the, uh, the uh, speed formula. Um, you know, Max says something, something to him like, "You look skeptical. You, you wonder what, what could be learned from this old man." And Wally says, "I'm trying to be polite." That's <laughs> Wally, and it's also Wade because that's you know Wade says he put he basically pretty much gave Wally his personality. <laughs> well, there you go. It comes through <laughs> on the page definitely, and and I just turned to the final page of the issue. So uh, our listeners, if they don't know, they're going to find out who this Barry Allen is at the end of issue 78. And it's like, it was a holy shit moment for me. I, again, I, at this point I knew it wasn't Barry, but I didn't think it was this guy <laughs> because he was supposed to be dead too. Well, yeah, so, so basically <laughs> after the, the guys try to like, you know, give Wally advice and Max's advice being more, you know, the most important, uh, Wally tells them who it is, but we don't find out yet. Wally just tells them, you know, right. and they're all shocked. And um, he's like, I have a plan. He's like, I need you to do this and that and get, get Barry to the Flash Museum. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when they're there, um, uh, Barry's a little beat up because Jay gave him a good beating and uh, his costume's all messed up. So while mm-hmm. he throws him one of the classic flash rings and tells him to suit up. So Joe, tell us who, uh, who, who is Barry Allen in this story? Barry Allen is here about Thorne, the reverse flash. Holy crap. Holy crap is right. <laughs> oh, wow. One of, the, one of the better jaw-dropping moments in my comic book reading uh, history. I, I, this is right up there with, I believe it's the um, the one-issue special, the, um, uh, the Sinestro oh, Cold War at the end, yeah. where, where it's the anti-monitor and who, who else is the Prime? It's like, how did get, oh my God, they're in deep shit And, and the Cyborg Superman. <laughs> And the cyborg Superman, but th- this predates that. And this is to this point, uh, you know, yeah, it's, I know Superman's already. While this is going on, they're doing a funeral for a friend. If I'm not mistaken. So Superman had died, you know, a year earlier. But uh, we knew that. Was yeah. But this is just so big, you know. Holy crap! This is I sound like Frank Barone. Ah, uh, Raymond. <laughs> We're watching too much of that lately. But um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great comic book moment. It's everything you want in a comic book. It, he, you know, it's five issues in. He's he's built his way to this. It's a great payoff. This is how you write a comic book. I hope people, I hope our listeners, if they haven't read it, will go back and read it. And if there's anybody who's in the in the industry right now listening, yeah, you should read it too. <laughs> this is how, this is how like you done. said when you when you said about you know Barry coming back, it was also more of a punch because again back then characters didn't come back from the dead. At least not yeah. like this. This was this was a big death. Like Barry, you know, he was not only it wasn't like he disappeared. Barry killed him. Barry had to break his neck to save his yeah. his his future wife Fiona's life. And there was a body. It wasn't you know back now they can literally give him a body and they'll bring him back a minute later. You know they don't even care. Oh, yeah. There's no there's no punch or impact with death, which is why I wonder why they even bother doing it. Um, but like this was like. What he's dead? Like it actually? When you say, "Oh, he can't," they can't be him. He's dead. People actually were like, "Yeah, you're right." Now it's a joke, but um, <laughs> it's like whatever, you know. Um, like like Joe said before, Wonder Woman died and came back twice last year. Um, yeah. But so it, you know, but cleverly, which is great in in both respects with Barry and Thorn, he didn't bring either one of them back from the dead. You find out that basically mm. this is this is a Thorn from before he met Barry Allen. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a convoluted way of telling, but it's it all. It you all know what? They don't go too far. It's not like the Flash TV show where no. like it's like what is going on. Oh my god! No, this really like this. Like- this is easy to understand. I think for most people. Oh yeah, it's very yeah, linear. Man, very linear. It makes, the it makes Flash sense. show is like forty five thorns. He's been dead. He's he's the thorn with the other face. This one is it's ridiculous. Um, no, they just throw stuff in after each commercial. They tell, oh, let's let's be let's right. be clever, and it's not. It's, they it's also like use them too much. They use them too much in that Williamson run too with, with Flash. Like yeah. Jeff John said something years ago, which is ironic because he's the one that started using them more later. Um, he said that Zoom, whether it's Hunter or or Thawne, like it should be a big deal when he comes out. It should be once in a while and a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is you know this was this was crazy. Um, and honestly. <laughs> Thorn wasn't used in a meaningful way. Oh, Zoom wasn't used again for a meaningful way until 197. You know what I mean? Like, he might have popped up yeah. in a background or, like, you know, a time travel story quick that he was there. He wasn't the villain of a story, you know? Um, but, yeah, so you find out it, it, it's Thorn, and it's, um, it's you know, even though it's Thorn and not Barry, Thorn was still as fast as Barry Allen. So while he is still a disadvantage, mm-hmm. 
while he still has to overcome his fear, if he has any hope of defeating uh, you know, Professor Zoom. Exactly. Um, and then we get this beautiful, um, well, I'm not, I don't want to jump the gun. <laughs> you know, uh, I just, I'm looking at issue 79. I love the square. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's heavy in the hand. It's, it's a great, oh, sort of, what a triple sized issue, right? Yeah. And, and the cover looks like a panel from the com, uh, as you would see in the comic book. Yeah. Who's the, the artist on that was different. Who was that artist on the cover? Um, Oh wow! I do, they, they, did they list the cover artist? It wasn't Greg LaRoe. He did the rest. No, you know what? While you're while you're, I guess do you want to move on to this now? Yeah, well, yeah actually, because you know, honestly, otherwise we kind of went over what like, not, basically what happened. Yeah, so we can go to issue yeah. um, seventy nine. Um, I'll look up meantime. Absolutely, the the, 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 um, the the title of the story of seventy nine is called "The Once and Future Flash." I love uh, the title. Me too. And um, what we're going to get into the whole, um, you know, the story and the re- revelations and all that. But I'll, I'll, I'll start again with my, um, with my my quote of the issue, of which you know, kind of answers the question of, of the whole uh, how Wally overcomes his fear. The the quote or quotes of this issue is uh, takes place while Wally is fighting Thawne and. Um, Thawne is still kicking the crap out of Wally. He's got no chance. He's he's done. He's he's really he, he's going to die if he can't overcome his fear and 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 just kind of step into the role he needs to. And what kind of shakes him out of it is Thawne makes a comment about how he will uh, he'll be the one that 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 replaces Barry Allen and he'll be the one that that uh, Central City will remember instead of Barry Allen. I remember, yeah. And um, yeah. So this is Wally's quote. This quote is, is one of my favorites too. I love this. I love this whole series so much. But Wally's uh, now Wally's chasing after Thawne, who again up to this point was smacking Wally around. Um, Wally mm. couldn't touch him. Uh, so this is Wally's quote. Max was right. He was right all along. I am afraid. I'm afraid of replacing Barry, but I'm more afraid of letting this bastard do it. And he is punches yeah. Thawne in the back of the head and. Right in the back and of that's head. it. He just he just basically takes over and is, is beating the crap out. <laughs> but uh, we can get back to that. But uh, uh, so yeah, the issue. Uh, who who did the uh, the cover art show? Do you know? Ty Ty. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I found it on Mike's Amazing World, uh, which is. What else has he done? I feel like I know his work. Uh, I believe Templeton. I could be wrong about this, but did, I believe he worked on on uh, some of the Batman animated comic yes. books back in the nineties, yes. you know, along with Rich, Rich, Rich Burkett. Yeah, Richard, I have a distinct uh, image of like a, like animated yeah. Nightwing or something. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, and he's uh, uh, he's a great artist. He's, he has a almost a cartoony style, but it works. It really does work. It's very it's very uh, very clean, and um, it's just a, a, a beautiful uh, line work. That's yeah, you're right. It was definitely not Greg Blarock. But until I looked it up, I could I didn't realize it was him. So anyway, yeah. So um, so basically, you know, Wally, as you know, revealed him as as Thawne. Uh, again, we'll get back to the fight later. But you know, he wants Wally still needs to know like what happened. How did you do this? How did you how did you pull off your own resurrection? And uh, you know, Thawne Thawne explains not only what he did, but also for for new readers, kind of gives a little origin of who he is. How he he mm-hmm. came comes from the twenty fifth century. He was. Barry Allen's biggest fan. He he adored him. Biggest fan. Uh, he wanted to be. He wanted to. You know. He wanted to be him. Um, so he and this comes right out of 
his origin in Flash 139. Uh, he uh, found a time capsule with, with Barry Allen's suit in it. He's able to, you know, science lingo, take some of the energy and give himself super speed. He also, because he wants to be him, has a you know, 25th century science. He gives himself Barry Allen space. His goal is to go, uh, he buys the, uh, uh, the cosmic treadmill out of an antique shop and he wants to go back in time and, and meet his mentor. He wants to meet Barry Allen. So he, you know, he, he, uses, he uses, he has a speed, he has the face, he has the treadmill, he, he runs back in, uh, on the treadmill, but he's never used that before. He, it gets messed up. It, it kind of explodes and it shoots him into the wrong time. It shoots him a few years after Barry Allen's already been dead. Um, and in that story, he, you know, he, uh, he goes to the Flash Museum and again, in the 25th century, no one knows the true identity of the reverse Flash. Uh, and uh, he finds out who it is <laughs> when he goes to the Flash yeah. Museum. He finds out that he is destined to become the first Flash and die at the hands of Barry Allen. Barry Allen. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty crazy, you know, uh, an interesting reveal, right, Joe? Very much so. I mean, you know, the, it's like uh, okay, now we know about now we know why this guy's so psychotic. But he becomes even more psychotic and. Uh, uh, it's just like, holy crap. I can't go get with the holy crabs, but <laughs> can't help it. But it's just an amazing, uh, you know, villain origin background. And, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now as we're, as we're talking. And it's just, this is page 32 where he's really beating the living daylights out of poor yeah. Wally. And, and then that, that page you mentioned uh, where Wally, you know, finally, finally conquers his inner demon. And, and, um, I'm not going to let this bastard uh, make the make uh, the world think that uh, he's Barry Allen, you know. So it's just, I love it. It's love it. I love it. And you know, there's so many great yeah. like quotable Wally moments. So there's that one page that uh, it's not a splash page, but it's most of a page where, like you just said, where Wally's getting his ass kicked by Thawne, um, which you know all leads to the the, the quote I mentioned in the beginning. But another quote I love is when like Linda is like. Thorn runs away and leaves. He's like, you know, if you slow up for a fight, Wally, you know, you know, come, you know, chase after me. And Linda's like, don't get up, like, stay down. You can't beat him. Like, you, you're, you know, you please stay down, Wally. You're a mess. And um, Wally, and again, this is right after uh, Thorn made that comment about replacing Barry, which was the catalyst of getting Wally to step up and overcome his fear. But before that scene, he, uh, I love Wally says to Linda. Um, I thought you said you had, that I might not be able to take him down on my own. He gives her this like long dramatic kiss. He's like, put it out of your head. And he gives this yeah. look like it's a badass look. And uh, that's when he goes and he, he pops the on and starts, you know, starts, um, you know, like beating him down and, uh, and, you know, and just really being like the Wally West that we know and love. And, and, uh, you know, speaking of, of uh, splash pages though, that, that next one, I think you know. I mean, how great is that? You mean when, when Molly uh, clocks when, him? When he, he backhands him and, and says something? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, he's talking to Thorn. He's like, Mister, I knew Barry Allen. Believe me, you're no Barry Allen. You're no Barry Allen. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, Thorn's like a whimpering, like fool. At this point, he's just he's, he is, he's a defeated yes. man. Um, and Wally tricks him into getting on the cosmic treadmill and running his way home. He, uh, while he jumps on the treadmill and acts like he's going to go back in time and kill Thorne in his crib. 
and uh, but he just runs on it really fast and runs away so fast that Thawne can't see him. And uh, mm. Thawne, addled from just getting his ass beat and all that, runs himself back to the 25th century and history. basically is a clean kind of uh, a loop because he, because of just like he had memory issues when he came back, you assume he goes back and he still doesn't ever remember fighting Wally West. Exactly. Ever. As far as he's concerned, you know, that never happened. And he'll go on to fight Barry Allen, live that life and, and die at his hands. Yeah. I like this. It seemed now, um, we just based on the treadmill and um, uh, Hal Jordan goes, nicely done. You, you didn't actually time travel. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, you know, it's like, well, how 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 knows is going oh, on too? He's he's the, oh, he, you know, he's the uh, seasoned space guy. Um, so. he, he Barry was his best friend while he grew up with yep. both of them. You know they're they're you know he's Uncle Hal. To, to, yeah, he's Uncle uh, Hal exactly. I, mean, so. um, I love those two together. I, I love, you know they're oh, they're, they're great. great. Um, yeah, such a, a great great ending. It was Wally, you know, coming into his own. He he finally finally you know came out of his his uncle's shadow and even Hal says to him, he's like, you know, I used to think that I, I, you know, that Barry was the greatest hero I ever met. And until I saw someone who sacrificed his life just for his memory. And, um, you know, this is where Wally got a lot of respect, you know, uh, for, for a lot, you know, not just characters in the book, but for readers who before that might have, you know, some, I love the book before this, but some people were maybe a little hesitant that they still wanted uh, the Barry to come back. But this, this uh, solidifies Wally West as the Flash, and that compliment that Hal paid Wally is it, it took it didn't happen in one issue, it didn't happen in one panel, it didn't happen in the character's first appearance like they do today, where you know the uh, John Kent is better than than his father because he's John Kent. No, he's not. Uh, he's got to work. And he should lead the Justice and League after being like, like yeah, really. yeah, you're, you're oh son, you're so much better than I am. I'm getting that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you. you Wally had to earn this. He had to earn this in the most visceral way. The things he had to give up to earn this and the things that he had, you know, that he had had to attain at the same time. It's just, it's a a hero's journey, outwardly and inwardly. It's a classic hero's journey. And this is, you know, this is what makes it such a great uh, uh, seminal story, not only for the Flash, Wally, for the Flash, but comic books in general. You're right. Wally beyond earned it. He was... um... He was kind of, uh, even in the Justice League books, you know, pr- prior to this, later when he was in Morris and JLA and on, he was already at this level, so it was different. But people were always kind of, um, you know, the, the elongated man would make comments like, you know, refer to Barry as the real Flash. And uh, while, he, you know, people didn't uh, give him an easy time. Uh, yeah, and some of that was deserved because while he was being a jerk back then. Um, but he definitely, you're right, he earned it. I'm sure I, I don't can't think of any specific issues, but I'm sure that, uh, the Batman gave him trouble before. <laughs> before yeah, this, Batman this did. Happened. Batman was a little easier, believe it or not, than some people. I think I think Bruce yeah. saw something in Wally always um, uh, a little different, uh, but a lot like Power Girl, Elongated Man, um, even even Hal. Oh, Power Girl, you're right. Yeah, that's, I forgot that. Yes. Yeah, Power yeah. Girl, especially <laughs> even 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 Hal at some points. You know, it was a kind of grow up yeah. kid. You know. Um, um, but yeah, it was really, he really earned it. It was such a, such a great story. And, you know, God, I, you know, get chills so many times reading it. It was such a, a great book, great art. Like, a gr- I feel like 
this is one of those things. I always say Wally to me is the most de- developed and fleshed out character in comics, um, uh, at least for DC. And it really kind of, everything kind of came together here. This is where he became the man that he would, you know, he would become, he's a great hero here. He becomes um, a good uh, boyfriend, husband later than a great, probably the best mm-hmm. father in comics after this, you know. Um, Hell of a lot better than Clark Kent. <laughs> better than anyone, but yeah, better than Clark Kent. Yeah, he, yeah. he, or Reed he puts his family first. <laughs> yeah, a lot of characters say that, um, but he, while he, his, his wife and kids are everything to him. Um, and the extended family, Jay, Barry, everyone. Um, such a good book. And then again, plants more seeds, like we talked about. Um, there's not only we have Max Mercury in here, but you find out later that the the book that the homeless guy was reading in the alley, that that, that book was actually, uh, it was a property of E. Barthon. But when you look at the title credit of the, who, the author of the book, it was Iris Allen, who had yeah. supposedly died um, before Barry did. But this book was this uh, book that they found in the alley was published two or three years later. Right, nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, and and um, yeah. right there, Wally knows that his aunt is out there somewhere alive, and I, somewhere, I, yeah. I guess he says at the end of the issue, and she'll be she'll be returning soon because she has a book to write. <laughs> right, and Aunt Iris is is is. Um... Wally loves Aunt Iris. There's no way to, to measure how much Wally loves his aunt. It's just uh, that's one of the best relationships in in comic books. And uh, if I, I'm going to wax poetic here, then I've, I've said this before. I probably on the podcast, but I've said it to you many times. Uh, and this, you know what? Having read this story now, this cements it in my mind. Wally is definitely the greatest hero in the DC universe. And yes, I'm the biggest Superman fan, but Wally is the heart and soul of the freaking yeah. DC universe. And this story <laughs> proves it. And I, this now, this story, the um, the return of Barry Allen is right up there now with Daredevil Born Again, Batman Year One, and the return of Barry Allen. Those are my three favorites. It's amazing, and um, he, he he is the heart. He he's great, and I just uh, I've reread this so many times. I just, uh, but you're right about him and Iris. Um, there even there are moments where sometimes you know it depends on what. I guess the flavor of the story, what they're trying to say, but there are times where, you know, Wally says it, says that Iris is his hero and that, mm-hmm. you know, he was excited to go live with her for the summer, not even as much hang out with Barry, you know, with the flash, but there was both. Um, it's, right. it's so funny to hear myself say this because I do love Iris West, but man, I can't stand her in the show. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it's <laughs> weird saying this. If someone no, that, that she's annoying uh, as all hell in the, in the TV show. It's just like, uh, come on, you're not you're not a superhero. And it, you're not. And yeah. in some ways, it's a weird thing. I don't even really like Iris in the comics when she's young with Barry. I like her when she's Aunt Iris. She's not nitpick. The yes. comics too is like a cliche. They make her nitpick on a Barry all the time, or she was always kind of mean to him. You know, she was kind of like a, a meaner version of um, June June Cleaver. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back in the day, in the sixties and seventies, when she was married You're to right. Barry, yeah, you know, didn't uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a and good. The show is just she's awful. But, oh, she did. Yeah, well, the, well, the show, yeah, was yeah, awful. yeah, but yeah. yeah, she might be oh, the worst thing about the show. So I'll just, um, yeah. I know we have, we'll discuss a couple more things before we, we sign off. But I would like to say the, my the last quote that I love um, out of the book oh, before yeah. we. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm reading the whole issue to everyone, but. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, they, they have a copy. Linda and Wally are standing by the pier holding the, the book that Iris is destined to write. And, you know, he, he says that there. Max had read it and told him that there are things about Wally West and his future that he could read if mm-hmm. he wanted to. And Wally looks and he throws the water into the uh, into the river and says, forget it. If there's an end to my story, I don't want to know it. History is something captured and owned by the pages of a book. But the future, future belongs to me. My name is Wally West. I'm the Flash. There you go. And by the way, a little fun fact for the fans of the show, the whole saying who I am, I'm Wally West, I'm Barry Allen, I'm the fastest man alive. That was a Wally thing that really weighed cemented. <laughs> yes. Yes, and it was the um, first couple of seasons of the TV show, yep. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a great Barry opening, Barry but Allen. it was definitely a Wally thing. Yeah. And Wade would make it, would make it funny sometimes. Like he would... He would kind of mix it up. It was, uh, it was no, really, he, he was yeah. really good at like those those intros. Yeah, I have a couple more flashbacks. Oh, I'd love to, yes. Okay, so well, well Barry, so we're talking about Barry. Barry Allen's first appearance, showcase number four. I think most people yeah. know that. Cover date September October nineteen fifty six. Who wrote that again? So that means you probably who, who, who was that? Uh, who wrote it? Oh, that's Bob gotcha. Kenniger. Uh, Bob Kenniger, Carmen Infantino, inked by uh, Joe Kubert. My God. Incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. And then, of course, Wally, and I said this in the past, it bears repeating. Wally's first appearance, Flash, Volume 1, Number 110, cover date, December, January 1959. Wally predates the entire Marvel Universe. Case closed. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I mean, I'm not putting down, you know, how much I love the Marvel Universe and what Stan and Jack and Steve and Don Heck and Roy Thomas did, but. Before Fantastic Four appears on the stands in 61, Wally's already made his appearance. So, uh, you know, Wally, you know, if, if this story does not uh, give this give him the respect that he that he that he so rightfully deserves, then I don't know what would. But uh, uh, please, folks, if you go out uh, and, and buy this story, well, you can buy the back issues. They're probably not that. Um, not terrible. Uh, you know, if you go to a con, yeah. you, get, you know, uh, you go to a con, yeah. you can probably find them in dollar or two dollar bins. And also, if you can get Green Lantern Volume 2, number 40, and read that before issue 77, it'll help uh, even uh, add a little more yeah, to the story. Yeah, there's even a dark star in that story. I'm looking at the cover right now. It's uh, Hal, Wally, and uh, no, Hal, Barry, well, Barry, of course, <laughs> and a dark star. Yeah. So, but where else can you find this, Keith? Yeah, well, um, um, this, it's well in, right? in new collections that are like currently being published, um, you can, the, um, they have the the uh, the flash by Mark Wade, believe it's eight okay. omnibus like trade paperbacks. Wow, um, they're oh, like twenty five bucks a pop, I think. Um, uh, but they're worth it. There's a lot of bang for your buck in there, um, and they are beautiful editions. Uh, uh, I believe they're on the Hoopla app. I think James and I discussed it recently. Um, oh, good. If you want that, I will say because again, I'm like a, a drug dealer with this story and so many other comics. <laughs> I uh, I bought recently two copies of the return of Barry Allen trade paperback on eBay, um, which shipping total, I got them for like 10 to 12 bucks each. Um, nice, to give okay. them to like, you know, people I know, but, um, uh, it's a great deal. I mean, that's basically the, the, what the cover price was for it. Um, and pretty good shape. You know, this trade paperback doesn't have to be perfect, but, um, those are, you know, those are, you know, where the collected, if you have DC universe infinite, not only is that on there, but Mark Wade's entire runs on there. I recommend starting with that because mm-hmm. if you read Born to Run, especially, it adds so much to it. 
That's where he starts his run. Uh, yeah, but it's, right? it's, it's uh, Wally's origin, and it's, it's very mm-hmm. much about Barry and Iris and him. It, it's a great companion book to, to this. But, um, yeah, it's on DC Universe app. Uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty much it where it's, where it's collected. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to go out and get a copy. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the originals. You don't have one? them in the box or read that. Uh, no, I've got the originals. Okay. I, I, to pull out the seven issues to read this with the Green Lantern, to read this uh, story, I don't, ha- I don't have one. I've got a, of course, I've got a Daredevil Born Again. I've got a, I've got a, mul- I think I have multiple copies of Batman Year One. Uh, no, that's that's um, the Dark Knight Returns. I have multiple copies of trade, but yeah, this is. Uh, I've never given this story to any. I've given people I know Daredevil Born Again and Batman Year One. It's uh, a great gift. Great still, gift. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna find somebody to give this to. No, somebody's a family. Great gift. Um, it's a, a great story. It holds up, you know. It really does. I mean, oh, without um, a doubt, it's a classic superhero story. It's got everything you want in a superhero story. It's got action, adventure, mystery, intrigue. It's got you know soul searching. It's it's uh, as I said before, it's a journey outwardly, but more importantly, it's a journey inward. You know, uh, just as important, and that's what you know. You get to see the soul of this character. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we love yeah, him so much. Yeah, no, he's yeah. Um, yeah. yeah this guy you know, Wally West is my favorite character since I was uh, ten years old. <laughs> well, he's, uh, as I said, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's my favorite now too. I just, again, I, I haven't been too happy with what they've been doing with Superman the last ten years or so. And yes, we did that story that happened with Wally. We won't mention the rules yeah. say that. Like, like he should not be named in the very <laughs> Bobby's, uh, movies, but. Uh, I, for the most part, um, I think Wally is one of the. I think Wally is probably the best written DC character over the last. Well, how many? Well, since he's been around since nineteen fifty nine, so what is that? Sixty four years. Yeah, I, I, okay. I equate yeah. him and, and and Matt Murdock again, not just yep. because they're redheads, but because uh, I think they both are each company's most consistently well written characters. Completely agree. Completely agree. Matt Murdock is the. Is, is the best Batman comic right, 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 right. <laughs> in the last right. 60 years. And Batman's had some pretty good Absolutely. comics, but he's also had some, he's, you know, he's also had some down periods. And also there's a, like a, a, a unique character, Matt, compared to other superheroes, you know? Yeah. You know what? I, I, when you talk about that, Matt Murdock, Daredevil was the first, the last, excuse me, the last um, mainstream superhero that, that I glommed onto. And that was in, I only picked up his first issue, which was 158 when I heard about the Miller, you know, what, what Frank Miller was doing with Daredevil. And so that was 1979. I'd been reading comics at the, that point from 13, 14 years. And Daredevil was the le- the last mainstream character that I that I started reading regularly. I don't know why, but I'm sure glad I started picking oh, it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's interesting uh, parallels and uh, dichotomies between Matt Murdock. And oh, definitely. Murdock. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, any uh, recommendations, Joe? Is there anything new or? Uh, well, obviously the recommendation is to pick this story up. Okay, yeah. Also, I also have. Oh, I got something else here. Right, I do have something. I got this. Well, I a couple of years ago, but I don't think I've ever mentioned it. I have the. Uh, it's an omnibus, kind of a small one because it's volume one. It's a Silver Age Sewer Squad omnibus volume really? one. And why I picked this up is because when I spoke before about Flash Volume One One Eighty Four. The cover was by Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. And this entire book 
complete has all six issues of the uh, a Brave and the Bull Suicide Squad, all penciled and inked by Andrew Esposito. And then the second half of the book is the um, Star Spangled War stories, the time the, the war that time forgot. Again, all penciled and inked by uh, Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. And most of the stories in this book are written by the, the late great Bob Kenninger, who uh, was you know responsible for recreating yeah. the Flash with yeah, Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah. Which led to Wally West. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Renaissance of comics. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What do you, what do you oh, got? Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm actually gonna. Well, I'm gonna recommend. Um, like I kind of always do, push the the. Uh, it's two things, of course. Read the the new Flash comic uh, starring Wally and family. Right now, they're in the middle of the the one minute war at DC. Is coming out twice a month. Great book. Um, I oh, always yes. push that, but I would kind of pick it, um, something uh, not new. Something I, I, I recently reread that I just think uh, I forgot how awesome it was. I kind of wanted to put it out there to everyone. Uh, Superman Secret Origin by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. It's uh, just a beautiful, beautiful book. And like we said with this, it is a great gift for someone too. I mean, it's it's one yeah. of the best Superman origins up there with Man of Steel. You know, um, it's just a great story. Um, you know, I expect nothing less pretty much from, from Johns and, and Gary Frank together. Um, Gary Frank, yeah. I really, you know, I, I really can't recommend it enough. It's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous book. Um, uh, make a great animated movie. They, they made a movie out of it? Oh, make a great live action movie. Oh, no, oh, boy. oh my yet, God. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. perfect. You literally, James Gunn should just take that graphic novel and, and, and do that. And do that. As, it's as, so yeah, good. Like just definitely. like, it's some, it's just a really really great book it, it got heart it got humor it's got it feels like it just feels like something you always knew it's it's got like the the smallville show feel to it a little bit the donner movies the classic comics the burn stuff the kurt swan stuff it's like it's um it's fantastic i i recently reread it and i i um yeah i kind of wanted to put that back out there to people because sometimes either if you have read it you might want to reread it or if you haven't read it and you like superman at all you should pick it up couldn't agree more. Beautiful, beautiful comic book. Beautiful story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Gary Frank's artwork is just amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, uh, the, that'll wrap up our episode. I, I just uh, wanted to remind everyone um, to uh, you know, uh, if you enjoy the show, please like our Facebook page or our Instagram, as well as subscribe. Um, we we really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for you know. Sitting through uh, Joe and I's love fest for the <laughs> for Wally West. <laughs> for I mean, Wally. Basically, we're just, you know, talking about him like he's a real guy. Um, it's a bromance with Wally yep, West. exactly. <laughs> um, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, thanks for listening. And if you'd like to reach out and contact us, please do so also on the uh, the, the Facebook or Instagram page. Um, uh, thanks, Joe. Thank you for uh, for allowing me to host and to... Um, Oh, you're quite welcome. It was was a blast. I loved it. Oh, big blast. Take care, everyone. Love it.